Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Collateral Creatives. Uh, I am your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host... Cheyenne Murphy. And uh, this show, if you don't remember, it's been a while, seeks to go into media that's not necessarily Christian, and we try to find messages or paths where you can understand the media through a Christian lens. Although today is a little bit of a twist, because we are going into Christian media. It's just some people don't see it as Christian media. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so today, dear listener, which... Uh, we should note that this episode is not going to be followed by any episode for a good while. Uh, just to give you a brief update on how things are going over here in Collateral Creatives land. Uh, basically, XN Radio with Moody Bible Institute has asked us to be one of the first shows to have an alumni starred and hosted podcast for XN Radio. Uh, more than happy to do it. Very proud of the fact that we got Offered. They liked us and didn't want to get rid of us. Exactly. And you know what? That's that's great. We are very happy about that. <laughs> At least I am. I don't know. Are, are, did you have collateral creative sitting in the back of your mind all this time? Um. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely not like my my baby that I was yeah, like. Yeah, you know, it wasn't your capstone or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. Although I will say after a while, I forgot it was my capstone and I just started really enjoying doing the show mm -hmm. just because it was fun. It was a nice way to, to grow my own ways of looking at media. That was like really important to me. Um, Plus, you got to hang out with your fiance who's yeah. now your wife yeah that one is that was an interesting one we can't blame collateral creatives for that happening but yeah it, but uh we can say that it was a nice way for us to keep on going and back bonding together. bonding yeah. over media it can happen <laughs> there's hope for you com majors <laughs> <laughs> you don't gotta bring them into that's mean but so true anyway so today Dear listener, we are talking about Jesus Revolution, a movie that kind of rocked everything for a little while. Um, it was it didn't have anything that's like, like no one worked on it that was overly notable. Like there were some at least like John Irwin, who is one of the co-directors. He worked on some pretty interesting projects like October Baby. But for the most part, this was actually a first time for quite a few of the, the major players in the movie. So this was interesting that they all kind of came together and decided to be like, yeah, let's tell a, I guess you could call it a biopic about, uh, it's about like, the Jesus movement. Is there a name for like movies based on true events, but not specifically like biographical for one specific person? Like it's Well, it's still a biopic. It's just biographical for the movement. Okay. Because like uh, biopics, yeah, I don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> they're not like biopics are not necessarily a biography of one single person, uh, especially in the case of let's say like you could argue that Bohemian Rhapsody is not a biopic for Freddie Mercury; it's a biopic for Queen. Oh, okay. Well, I've only ever heard it as a biopic for um, Freddie Mercury. Yes. I don't know people's names. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Bi biopics are most frequently used to tell the story of a specific person. Most yeah. frequently these days, artists, um, which I didn't know there was a Johnny Cash biopic until moments before we started recording this. And now, yeah, because that, that was uh, who had helped with that. Uh, that was, I'm list. pretty sure that was John Irwin. Yeah, because the, the, the guy, that guy has done so much. He was probably the most experienced person out of everybody on the, the major players in the cast. Um, 
They all did a fantastic job, though. Uh, me and Cheyenne went and saw it in theaters while it was there. Uh, I, I wanted to see it. Um, I, I brought it up to Cheyenne because I had the week before gone and seen Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist, the new one. Um, I stayed home and did homework. It was surprisingly enjoyable. I'm not going to lie. I think that the way that they they utilized the Antichrist's ability to deceive and the Christian's ability to not see that deceit mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah, the Left Behind series is interesting in a whole can of worms. I don't necessarily want to get into. At no, this I'm not point. going to. I'm just all I was saying <laughs> was that I I was already on this roll, right? Like right. I was already in in the zone. Which like of course Left Behind is corny. So like I'm, that's that's all we can really say. About Most that for now. Christian media has some level of corn or just but cheesiness. Jesus Revolution, I don't think had any of it. There was a little bit of cheese, but like the like wholesome, like this is a historical movie, also, the, and there was a romance involved. But like, they so were, like there's going to be a little cheese. But they're hippies, so of course they're going to be cheesy. Yeah, because so, so, like, like they were cheesy. It wasn't out of place cheesy. No, it was uh, only the only the characters who were supposed to be cheesy were cheesy. Mm-hmm. Whereas most Christian films try their best to not make characters cheesy, and the whole thing is sharp cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so we watched a few. Uh, like reviewers before we sat down to like record this episode oh and stuff. Um, <laughs> he's reacting that way because some of them uh, had questionable theology. They don't quite know how Jesus works. <laughs> um, but one of them that I did actually enjoy his thoughts mentioned how um, a lot of Christian movies may rack, may lack some um, realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in how they present things because they're made for a Christian audience. And so I think the way he phrased it was like, if they're making a movie about a drug addict who's working as a prostitute to like be able to buy her drugs, like how are you going to portray that in a way that's like Christian and family friendly? Because most Christian movies do end up being family friendly. Which I'm not entirely sure that we should go that route all the time. And not like let's not depict horrible, horrible things, but also the Christian life is not family friendly oftentimes. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of not family friendly uh, things that happen in the Bible. Exactly. Well, now that's that's (laughs) understating. (laughs) I mean, we're going that we we're right now reading through Job and uh, my man breaks down and I understand. But yeah, so like stuff does get kind of tamed down when you're making it for kids. And I think that's true, even if it's in the secular um, realm, at least it should hopefully be, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. values are not where they need to be. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so the like difficulty that Christian films face is, first of all, like realism and Mm -hmm. not being cheesy or having appropriate amounts of cheese. Because, you know, like, people do enjoy cheesy movies. Like, it's fine. How do you think Hallmark got invented? Yeah, Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cheese aisle. We honestly, we should at some point just do a whole do episode Hallmark. on just Hallmark. But that means we'd have to sit and watch a bunch of Hallmark Are you movies. saying that as if it would not be fun? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I would love to dedicate an entire day to just watching Hallmark films <laughs> with some delicious food and all that. Like, make that happen. Uh-huh. That'd be great. So maybe in the future we'll do an episode <laughs> like that. Um, but then, like, what are some other 
since you're you know the calm major not, not anymore, anymore. <laughs> um, since you were the calm major what are some um, like difficulties that christian movies face one of the most challenging things that i know of that uh, many directors and many people who work on these films have talked about because you know i've talked to a lot of these people by now is portraying god in the right way uh, because God is a very difficult character to portray because he's not a character ever. And so trying to portray him in a movie, you, you, you're trying your best to not slander the most important actor in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if God I, has so many acting roles. He does. He's every, he's in all the movies. Every single wow. one. I know. Uh, so God, uh, the interesting thing about trying to portray God is you want it to be a realistic portrayal, but not to the degree where God is the solution all the time, because that's something that a lot of Christian movies will do is they're like, you know, the, the main characters going through it. God hears that prayer and everything is fine at the end. Yeah, I think that was one of the other issues that I was going to bring up is a lot of the time there's, um, oh, what's the theological principle called? Um, prosperity gospel mm -hmm. um it, a lot of the time christian films can have kind of a prosperity gospel vibe where it's like oh if you believe in god all the good things will happen to you and all stuff. your problems are going to be fixed and you'll have a wonderful life which god can definitely bless us <laughs> like I'm not gonna but again we were won't. reading through job so like <laughs> Like, sometimes bad stuff happens. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. Like, that's kind of how life works because of sin breaking the world. Like, we live in a broken world and we're going to experience those sharp edges. And especially with Christianity, we are called to a rather difficult life sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, we have, well, we definitely be given gifts and we're definitely offered opportunities to enjoy the world more than most other human beings would. But well, we're just also... like from the understanding of like, oh, wow, God made all of this. This is so cool. Yeah. And also opportunities to to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet under any other circumstance if you mm -hmm. hadn't believed in God. Yeah. And so that's that's where that kind of crosses over is that Christianity is not made to be easy. It is not made to be something that, you know, you're a Christian and all of a sudden all your problems go away. It's something that's. I am experiencing this pain, but I want to be more thoughtful about why. And I want to be more thoughtful about how do I get out of that funk? How do I deal with it? And Christianity offers a lot of nuanced ways of looking at how pain functions and mm -hmm. what its function actually is. And I think that's actually kind of one of the more prominent themes in the Jesus Revolution movie yeah. is how do you deal with pain um, and how that impacts your growth as a Christian, I think, as well. I forget what the tagline is for the movie, but it's like a place for everyone or something like that. He's looking it up for me. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure it's on the cover somewhere. Yeah, it was on the cover. Um, dude, 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 it's so small. OK, uh, nope, there's no, a it's the. It's a different one. It's a different tagline. Ah, <laughs> I'm sure this is great to listen to. Oh my us gosh. You, you had to bring up something that I don't even know if I have listed. <laughs> I like to make your life difficult. Uh, you got to make it this way. Uh, uh, I'll see if I can. Find it was on the it. cover. Like the maybe, other maybe, cover. maybe it was this quote that we found here God can use anyone who truly decides he or she is for Jesus. Uh, yeah, but. The one, so the cover you have right now is like 
the guy com- in waters like oh, yeah. with his hand up. Is but there... there's another one that all the reviewers had that had like um the one guy walking with like the crowd behind him. I will see if I can find that, but I'm not entirely certain that uh like there's this. That one. Th- that oh, one. Oh, this one? Yes. Uh, it's still just based on the oh, true story. <laughs> darn it. So I don't think you're remembering I, No, I just saw it on one of the videos that we watched. Maybe it was just the thumbnail? Maybe, but it, <laughs> it could have been. But, like, it had a little tagline that was, like, a place for everyone. And... You could just ad-lib it, because that's pretty much what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, like, basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that... Um, Along with, like, the themes of, like, how do you deal with bad things? Um, the, like, comfor- comfortability. That's a hard word. Good job. <laughs> uh, of, like, spending time with people who you have completely different values from or a different culture. Like, that plays a big part in the movie as well because of the fact that it's just a bunch of hippies coming into the church and... Um, kind of the older generation who are not hippies. And I will say, uh, dear Moody student who may or may not be listening to this, uh, if you are looking for a movie that you can relate to because you are currently operating out of Chicago, and I don't know if you know this, but Chicago has different people groups every other block, um, you'll find this movie very... It's more like every half block. It's it's more like every foot. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Once you step out of the Moody bubble, everything changes. Yeah, because that's what the, that's what this movie really did for me. I, I didn't. I mean, we watched it way after we had graduated, but it didn't even come out until after we'd graduated. Exactly, but that's my point. Is like we still experience that to this day. After we've graduated, after we've moved out, right now we're living out of Texas, and even here, there's massive cultural differences. If you just go a mile out, yeah. So having a movie like this that openly describes what it's really like to accept someone who is very different from you Mm -hmm. and showing that it can be rewarding and it often is rewarding that's a big deal because the purpose behind it isn't to try to assimilate everything that they that they want it's trying to take what they live as take what they are and present it to christ and see how christ uses that yeah and i think part of the nuance with like how comfortable are you actually ministering to people um was this movie kind of like teases out like the generational differences and how that can impact um, ministry because um, we're looking at an older generation who doesn't want to accept the values of a newer generation and the newer generation is kind of lost Mm -hmm. because like deep down they're looking for truth but on the surface that just looks like they're um, using drugs and having sex all over the place and stuff. As if they're the ones that represent the major body who are trying to find Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and so that like conflict of generational values, because like there were points in the movie where it was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about um, them not singing hymns. They have a praise band type of thing going You're going to drive this church into the ground if you try to do this. Bringing in that <laughs> satanic music. Um, Which... Fun. I do like that they brought up the fact that their music is how we got contemporary Christian music yeah, today. Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> um, you you would not have 
oh, help me out here. You would not have Hillsong. Not Hillsong. I'm looking. I'm thinking about one specific song that a lot of Moody students have a problem with. Uh, oh, reckless um, love. Reckless love. You would yeah. not have reckless love if it weren't for those hippies. So you should go and thank them, dear <laughs> listener. Because <laughs> they, they start. They create that song. Created so much fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, so many <laughs> over something so just small. like looking around in chapel when it came on and people were just like Mm-mm. you got the people with their arms in the air and then you got the people that chose to stay seated as if they're trying to defy. protest it yeah, yeah. It's like, i wonder if that's still a thing it probably is yeah because that was a little bit more like pre-covid that that was happening and it's then, probably gonna end up being yeah, a thing again just kind of just how goes in cycles go. but anyway back to <laughs> what i was trying to say um we see a lot of like generational conflict with us right now as well i think every generation kind of goes through that where the older generation is like oh you crazy kids what are you doing you're messing up the world and um the younger generation is like no dad the world's broken and i'm trying to fix it you didn't even leave a good world for me yeah yeah (laughs) um like that's not a like the whole boomer zoomer thing is not unique to our generation um you can find uh, like articles and stuff from way back in the day and they're just like I don't know how I feel about these kids and their paper You can even we used chalkboards <laughs> and ours. You can even find uh, just historically throughout any culture in history no matter the, the belief system no matter the culture you will find something where it's like the older generation is trying so desperately to hold on to the culture that they grew without mm-hmm. understanding that the youth are going to come in and completely wipe it out. Yeah, because, the youth because will they will become it. the older generation at some point. Yes. And I get it because there are certain values that we should hold on to. But those values can can like they can't. They can fluctuate a little bit and they can be melded. Yeah, it's I think a lot of the time when we like think of like value systems and stuff, we think of them as like stone pillars holding Mm. up society. But it's more like um, those values are like some sort of liquid and you're putting them into different containers. Because if the values were completely solid and in stone, then the Bible wouldn't be nearly as malleable as it is today. The yeah. fact that it it addresses so many different things in such a nuanced way that it can defy it still the passage fits. of time. Because yeah. there's bottom line things that, of course, like the Ten Commandments cannot be moved, but the Ten Commandments can be applied to any person. Yeah, and there's other things where... Like when you're doing application of a certain Bible passage, it's like, how is this going to apply to me? Like a passage from Judges where um, the is it a concubine or someone like right at the end of Judges where Mm -hmm. she like gets cut up into a bunch of different pieces and sent and all to all the different tribes and stuff. Um, how's that going to apply to me? Like, oh, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> Welcome to Collateral Creatives. Where we do it. <laughs> um, and so application is a really hard thing because there are passages that they were not written for you. They are like specific prophecies for a specific person, but you can still get information from that passage mm-hmm. that is a universal like, hey, this is how people work. This is how God works. And here's how that goes together. Like the story of Esther. Yeah. 
um, which is another one that we read a little while ago. I'm having fun pulling in as many references to the books that we're reading. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's fun bedtime stories. <laughs> it is fun bedtime stories. <laughs> he reads while I'm like, I want to go to bed. Um, but then I'm hey, like, you, ooh, but the Bible is so interesting. And, and you're the one that sleep. wanted me to do this in the first place. <laughs> so you're like, read. I want to read the Bible before I go to bed. I'm like, okay, cool. And then. Yeah. So you can't back out of this now. <laughs> I can't help it. You have such a soothing voice. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway. So. With all of that, like, yes, like, going back to, like, the values, like, yes, there's certain things that, like, are concrete, can't move them. But sometimes instead of, like, it being, like, a stone pillar, like I said, it's something that is a little bit flexible because it's going to apply differently in different situations. Mm -hmm. And stuff changes so much year to year to decade to decade, younger people are going to have to apply those values in slightly different ways. And the older generation is going to be like, that's not how we applied it. What are you doing? You you don't even have that value anymore. And it's like, no, it's the same value. You're just not seeing it manifest the same way. And I think that's something that we get with this movie, especially that kind of like looks at okay so the values are slightly different like this generation is cool with having musical instruments in the church um but the value of like hey let's praise god that's consistent between the two Mm -hmm. and it should be noted that there is a massive difference between biblical values and traditional church values Because various churches are going to have different values. They're going to have different beliefs and different understandings and different applications of how they read scripture. Some of them you may believe to be way off. Some of them you may believe to be pinpoint. Um, That is the whole challenge of the denominational factor. But it should be noted that so long as Christ is the center of your church, there are many things in the Bible that you could put up to interpretation. I think that's why we mm-hmm. have such a thing as Calvinism There's and Arminianism. certain and hills that you should die on, like, you know, Jesus was real. Man, you're going to tell people to die now? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> I understand. <laughs> in the analogy of, like, you know, there's only certain hills that you should be willing to die on. There's certain things, like, theologically, like, yeah, we're not going to debate that, like, Jesus existed, that he's the son of God. Um, the Trinity is a thing like God made the world like certain things like that Mm -hmm. if you don't agree with it's a little bit harder to say like oh yeah you're a Christian just because like you can't really be a Christian without believing in Jesus (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. like it just becomes a little bit wonky if you don't have those certain values but as far as like he said with like um your viewpoint on predestination or your viewpoint on like how exactly revelation is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Now that that is actually an important branch though, because remember before when we did an episode on the Cosby show? Yeah. Did you like that episode? I don't remember it. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, in the Cosby show episode, we talked about separating the creative, the created from oh, the creator. Yeah, we did. Okay. Now I can't uh, remember And the it. only, and the only place that we couldn't, talk about that and couldn't relate that was with God because mm-hmm. the created are directly related to the creator um, because he created us. 
But when it comes to human media, we we have to understand that there is a separation between the creator and the created. So in the case of The Cosby Show, for example, just calling back to that, the show itself promoted incredibly important family values, was genuinely entertaining, and was built upon allowing a family to sit down, a traditional family to sit down, have dinner, watch the show. And that's why it was so popular for so long was because it was promoting things like do not lie to your parents. These are the consequences if you do so. Respect your parents if they are to punish you because you are very well likely deserving of that punishment, especially if your parents are wise. Uh, Christian values because the Huxtables were Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, and they, they were promoting these things. But of course, Bill Cosby, he was involved. And because of that, the show has had a permanent taint on it. But I was arguing that just because Bill Cosby has done horrible things the rest of the cast hasn't done anything and the especially the show's producers it's not promoting what he did no there's no episode where cliff huxtable goes and drugs somebody there's no yeah. episode like that cliff huxtable and bill cosby i are mean two it's understandable people. if you don't want to interact with something like that because like seeing his face is going to make you think of all of the awful things he did but you also shouldn't necessarily like look down on someone who it doesn't bother them because they maybe don't even know which with bill cosby that's a little bit i mean like, I, he was I, in the news a i lot. know very well but the way that i often look at it is yes he did these terrible things but he wasn't trying to apply anything of what he was doing or what he believed in on mm -hmm. the show also like everyone's human and messes up like granted he we, messed up pretty bad yeah like, <laughs> that was a pretty <laughs> not okay thing but you know, like, David messed up pretty bad, too. Oh, she brought up David. <laughs> Not to, like, say that Bill Cosby is David, but, you know, they actually do kind of have some similar issues going on. Um, <laughs> it's and, true. And so, like, we see this with Jesus' revolution, too. Like, they actually kind of address this because... Um, all these younger believers are looking up to Lonnie Frisbee. Is that mm -hmm. what his name is? Yeah. So they, they're looking up to Lonnie Frisbee, who's been acting as the pastor, kind of like co-pastoring situation. He's the one who like pulled all of the hippies into the church. And they're like looking up to him. And then he's having all of these marital issues. And so he and his wife have to leave. And um, is it Greg? What's the main character's name? Chuck Smith. No, the younger dude. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> we don't remember people's names very well. Well, I don't remember that guy's name because his story was the least interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it was interesting, but it was the least interesting, so I didn't yeah. remember his name. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to say it's Greg. I think it's Greg. We're going to call him Greg, and if it's not Greg, we're sorry. Especially since it's a real person. Real quick pause. Dear listener, is it Greg or is it Greg? Is it leg or is it leg? Is it egg or is it egg? <laughs> Because this has been a point of contention. This is what's really putting our marriage on the line right now. Uh, I I am a steadfast believer in egg, um, but she has been uh, egg. egg converted for ever since she was a child. Um, no, it was mostly teenage years. Mm, so you converted when you were a child to the egg. <laughs> Teenagers and children are the same to me. But anyway. <laughs> Yesterday you said that teenagers didn't count as Okay. What? I don't remember what we were talking about, but you like said like um you said something and I was like, "Oh, so you were still a kid." And you were like, "No, I was a teenager." No, that was just because I no, I was saying like when you said that I was a kid, I thought what I what I was getting was I was telling a story about uh -huh. my, when I was younger and I was clarifying that like I take kid the way that you had done it was like I was like 10. 
But okay. the decision making process between <laughs> a actual young kid and a middle aged teenager are two different. So things. anyway, Greg, <laughs> um, who walks on his legs to go get eggs. Oh, I hate you <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, so anyway, he um, is kind of like the new believer in the film. He um, my guy's going through a lot. He goes through a lot. <laughs> you kind of follow his story where like he almost dies one time and like all of this stuff. Not gonna get into it if you're really curious watch the movie it's because a really it, good it story. is a good story um but it's kind of the like typical thing that you expect from a christian movie where they show a new believer and show like oh they're like going through all these steps and stuff but the fun thing about jesus revolution is that they actually dig into like oh there are challenges for new believers not everything mm -hmm. is suddenly golden and rosy yeah because once he starts losing his leaders he starts questioning god yeah because he's like well like i thought i had a family now mm -hmm. and i guess i don't because everyone's leaving everyone always leaves me mm -hmm. and it's kind of like for like the final act of the movie kind of the big plot point yeah. um trying to keep from spoiling things as much as possible but um since it's based on real life, like we actually kind of know a little bit more of the story than what's shown in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, if you look it up, um, the Frisbees did move um, to Florida and they continued to have marital problems. Like I think there was an affair um, and they ended up getting divorced. And that's kind of messy. <laughs> um, a lot of things about life are messy mm -hmm. that's and the kind of stuff you don't want to hear about your church leaders but sometimes that happens <laughs> sometimes that happens and um so with all of that like we do need to see the messiness in christian movies it shouldn't be this um pristine example of what christian life is because none of us can have a pristine christian life we're gonna miss make mistakes we're going to mess up and so having media that shows people messing up and going through struggles is more relatable first of all but also helps us kind of think through oh if i was in this messy situation or oh if i made this bad mistake what would i do how would that impact my faith and i think jesus revolution does a good job of that um mm -hmm. yeah if you have anything you want to add there. Well, I wanted to branch off away from the movie itself. Okay. Um, because on the topic of creator and created, the reason why I was bringing that up was because some people are a little thrown by the uh, by the appearance of, what is it, Jonathan Rumi? As the guy who plays Jesus. The, guys who, the, the Jesus character. <laughs> um, well, he plays Jesus in The Chosen. Yeah, but he and but then he it, looks like Jesus. And then Lonnie is is like in how Lonnie did his ministry. It was as he tried to be as close to Jesus as possible in mm -hmm. terms of how he did his ministry, which we should all be like Jesus. So admirable. Um, that was a interesting thing. Uh, there's a lot of people that have problems with Mr. Rumi, uh, especially given that he's Catholic. And because of his Catholic beliefs, a lot of Christians have problems with him playing Jesus. But the way that I have often looked at it is the same way that I looked at the whole Bill Cosby situation. And more so these days, how I look at uh, most recently, not more recently, but one of the first movies that we had watched this year was a movie called The Whale uh, with returning actor Brendan Fraser, which 
thank God he's back. I love him as a, as an actor. He's really good at what he does, and I think he really deserved that Oscar this year. But yeah. um, it was a good movie. He, we should talk about the whale for an episode. We really should because man, a lot that to movie was challenging. Man, that hurt my brain a lot. Yeah. Just just a note before we continue, though, on that one. Uh, <laughs> if you watch The Whale, please be someone of patient mind and someone who can discern because that's got some questionable things Ooh, being talked about. the word discern. Oh, discernment, collateral discernment. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Which The Whale is like rated R. So there is some content in there that it's, like it's may not just, be for the faint of heart. It's completely just drug related i think but there is an opening shot that is a little bit questionable yeah it was questionable yeah um there it deals with homosexuality doesn't Uh, show it except for the beginning yeah and so if that's not something you want to be exposed to don't watch the whale but if you want to hear about it stay tuned i don't want to do an episode on that but anyway because there is a lot to unpack with like homosexuality yes how to approach that movie biblically mm-hmm. um anyway we're not talking about the whale we're talking about <laughs> jesus revolution of course <laughs> so uh, because of that that whole thing though um jonathan has had a little bit of a controversy because of his beliefs and all of that and so uh the way that i like to look at it is you look at it from the perspective of an actor. So the reason why I brought up the whale is because there was actually a small community of people that were mad that they didn't use a real obese person to play the whale. Uh, setting aside the fact that I don't think you can just assume that every obese person knows how to act um, or be okay with straight up just being obese on camera for a whole movie. And like a movie that's about obesity. And the character it's, dies at the end. Like. <laughs> Yeah, watch the movie. I don't expect honestly. I do not expect this audience that we have to go and watch the whale. That's the thing. Is like, but there may be that one person out there who's like, I really want to watch the whale, but I just need that one more, like that one small push. The ending of the movie is spoiled at the very beginning in the first five minutes. A (laughs) tree. Like that's the that's that's the interesting part of the story is you're trying to see how his life changes in that short time he's got left. Yeah. So. First of all. Second of all. <laughs> yeah, but like, maybe he didn't die. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? That would be causing it. Okay, anyway. we're not talking about the whale. Gosh, it's such a good movie, though. So <laughs> because of the fact that Brendan Fraser was the one that played the whale, though, which he did put on some pounds in order to put it on, but he also put on a, like, I think it was an 80-pound fat suit. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was really hobbling around because that was a lot of, especially, like, loose weight. Like, that's not, like, weight that was tight to his body. That's weight that's hanging off of him. So he was not having a good time playing that role, but he was convincing and he was a fantastic actor in that movie. But people were mad that it wasn't a real obese person. But I don't think that you need that because it's an actor. An actor will Mm. play a character. So I'm going to throw a wrench in because this is something that we've talked about. Okay, devil's advocate. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, so (laughs) with a bunch of the movies where they're race swapping, Mm -hmm. um, does this count under no. that? No, it it doesn't because those those movies. Are we talking about like the Disney remakes and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like the Little Mermaid 
um, having a black actor I think that the problem with that Cleopatra being black that's where the slippery slope goes because the thing is the reason why I wasn't okay with it to begin with was because I didn't think that there was anything wrong with a lot of those characters being of the nationality that they are to begin with they actually made a lot of sense because when Disney was making these movies they had very specific designs behind them so when you made a character that was originally let's say uh, I'm trying to think of one of the characters that got a race swap, but I can't because I don't watch Disney remakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ariel, for example. Okay, yeah, Ariel. Ariel not being a ginger anymore, which I guess she's still ginger, but she's black, which like I I don't. I think she has blonde hair. I neither of us have watched this movie. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't plan to watch it. But it's it's more you like you don't like the Little Mermaid. I don't like the remakes. You... <laughs> They're terrible. They're always awful. It like setting aside the. I don't the, even really like. Disney like that much to begin with. So. I love Disney. Disney told some really good stories back in the day and they occasionally will now. I did like Frozen, but Frozen mm. 2 was awful. Um, <laughs> so uh, I still watch them just because I want, for the most part, I want to understand what it is that my children might ingest. Yeah. And I want to be careful about that. But the remakes are... Aw. But the... <laughs> we are not expecting. But <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear. <laughs> but the, the, the remakes go out of their way to basically tell the exact same story, but they just change things for no reason that have no weight to it. And yeah. that, that really bothers me. So certain characters, I can get like wanting to have that representation, especially like in movies where... They were maybe made when, like, socially it was less acceptable to have black actors. Maybe, but the characters are already set in stone. That's the thing is, yeah. like, it, it, you don't, I would. Characters have certain traits and those traits should maybe be upheld. Instead, we should have movie, like, if we want, like, diversity and stuff mm -hmm. and, like, representation, like, go ahead and make an original movie. That, we all want originals. <laughs> like, original movies are great. And telling new stories that, like showcase the like diversity and representation that you want is better than like going over the past and like trying to rewrite it or if you're going opinion. to or if you're going to go and just remake it at least change it because that was the thing that really i didn't like about the remakes that i've seen is that it was just the exact same movie yeah but told in a sometimes it worse lacks way creativity i hated aladdin so much it, uh, the editing was terrible the colors were all over the place it was inaccurate to how the original story was supposed yeah, to go the one thing i did like is what they did with gd with him like being the one who's telling the story i mean sure but that's pretty much but it will smith was not a good genie yeah. <laughs> like he shouldn't have been chosen it for it. it he doesn't have the same energy and power that robin williams had Very with his voice because like i mean the fact that robin williams basically ad-libbed that entire character <laughs> yeah. does not surprise me in the slightest and so they should have gotten someone who's really good at ad-libbing and like just been like you don't have a script oh my gosh that would have been so good dude bill burr as as the genie do you know who bill burr is no i don't know people he is not a comedian that many people would be okay with especially i think in in this audience i don't think mm -hmm. that because he says a lot of stuff that's just controversial for the fun of it right but his ability to portray a character first of all his acting was clearly displayed when he got he hates star wars like a lot but he showed up in the mandalorian because he knew his audience would find it funny he plays a mercenary That's fun. and he became one of the most famous and most popular characters in the entire show because he was so compelling and so good at playing his character because he was like an ex stormtrooper. Okay. So like he yeah. knows the horrible things that he's done. And at one point he has to infiltrate an imperial base and he sees all the things that he was doing before yeah. and he breaks down really good. But going back to the actor thing, just because I don't want to go too far off, um, that's where you get to the slippery slope is once you start 
changing things enough, eventually you'll want to start changing things more. And I think that was very clearly displayed in what you had brought up earlier is Netflix's new Cleopatra, which might get canceled, actually. <laughs> because so many people... Have been- Historians are, f- are furious. They're mad. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a... It's proclaiming itself to be a historically accurate documentary. And yet, despite the astounding amount of evidence against it, they made Cleopatra black. And all the historians are like, but she was Greek. <laughs> yeah. And there's lots and of so, stuff. Yeah, there's that. a lot that goes into that because like having a like diverse cast with like lots of different backgrounds and like all of that, like including people, I don't think is a bad thing. No. But when you make it into a thing where you're just value signaling and being like, oh, our production respects the fact that you want diversity and stuff. Yeah. And they don't really care. They just want money. But that's when it starts. They to don't they don't issue. tell a story that is even related to the culture in, in question. They just tell a story relating those people and hoping that things will go. That's why yeah. Black Panther is probably one of the best movies when it comes mm-hmm. to inclusivity, because it's actually representing African cultures. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, like, when you have a story that's set in Europe, like, historical Europe, before, like, Africa and Europe started to interact a little bit more, it gets a little bit weird when there's a black character. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it's wrong that there's a black character, but it is, like, wrong historically. Mm -hmm. And if you're, and like me, I care about how you represent the original story. I care about how you respect the original story. And if you change things entirely, like, I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of Halo. I love Halo. It got a TV show on Paramount+. Plus. I don't like it at all. And they changed pretty much all of my characters that i love yeah um, because they made captain keys who is this famous ship captain in the lore uh he's he was white in the games and the books and now he's black same thing goes for his daughter halsey who is a scientist very famous character she is now british for some reason like all these weird changes that they made and i'm not really upset about it because it's a completely different timeline uh, I don't like that timeline in the slightest. Yeah, but it's like an alternate universe. Yeah, and like alternate universes, you can do a whole lot of stuff. But to that end, that's when things can get more interesting is you can have an inclusive story by telling the same story but in a different way. Like yeah. if, if the remakes had gone as far as to take the stories that we love and actually change them, do something yeah. unique with them. Like if Ariel, which again, we haven't seen Ariel, so maybe it does do this and we're... The movie's called L- Little Mermaid, first of all. <laughs> well... I'm just saying with Ariel as a character, mm-hmm. not the Little Mermaid, but with the Little Mermaid movie, like haven't seen it. But if it like did something where it like looks at stuff in a different cultural light or like actually like pulls in those values. There actually is something interesting that I want to bring up about that because there is one cool thing the Little Mermaid is doing. So I forgot who her father is. I can't remember if that's... Is that Poseidon? Okay, I was just making sure that it was actually him because I didn't know if they used some other culture for that. But Poseidon, uh, you know, he he supposedly has children in all the seven seas. Like, that's Mm -hmm. part of his his lore. Well, Ariel has sisters, right? Yeah. And his sisters are multicultural. (laughs) You said his sisters. Sorry, her sisters. (laughs) I was thinking of Poseidon still. Her sisters are multicultural. Um, yeah, so like that's cool. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's it's fascinating how they do that because Poseidon is out here just going to these various women, I guess, from all these different nations and mm-hmm. creating babies that definitely don't look like sisters, but they yeah, are by blood. Like that makes sense with like Greek mythology and stuff. And so like that's cool, and mm-hmm. that's a cool way to like have a diverse cast. It just is a little bit funky when that's 
like the reasons for it are motivated by oh people like when I have a diverse cast yeah, I like, should look, make more look movies at how with, we are. look how diverse we are it's sort of like it's sort of sort of like the problem that a lot of people are currently having with diversity hires is mm-hmm. like it's not about the fact that I do a good job it's the fact that I ha- am a different skin color and or, it's like you're a girl or trans or something like do you care about the fact that i do a good job or do you just care about the fact that i fill in your quota yeah the whole equity versus equality thing Mm -hmm. um which maybe we should do a whole episode about this since we've been talking about well it's all related because because the fact that jonathan rumi is catholic did create a major problem because when he signed on to be jesus especially there's a catholic guy playing jesus I mean, in the way that we see Christianity and the way that Christianity interacts with Catholicism, those shouldn't work together since Catholics have... Well, Protestants and Catholics both make up like the Christian, quote unquote. Sure. So... I know they I know they officially do, but like, the beliefs yeah. are so the astonishing belief, different. Astonishingly different. They're yeah, like the theology and like all of that pr- approach are different. Mm-hmm. But the way that Jonathan addressed it, because we saw an interview where someone was trying to condemn him for his words, but ultimately I think he was saying some very very important things. Uh, he was talking about his time on the Chosen, and he was asked about what is it like being a Catholic on the set of a evangelical uh, evangelical Christian show, and he goes, well. Every one of the crew is from a different denomination. It's not about what it is that we believe in. It's about the fact that we have this common bridge that we believe in Jesus Christ and that he's the savior. Mm-hmm. And so that was an important thing just because I think back to, you know, Ephesians where we're told to not be separated. We're told to not divide. Yeah. And the fact that the chosen is being built off of that foundation of do not divide mm-hmm. is fantastic. Well, and I think so. um, With, like, Bible translation and stuff, a lot of the time it's important for those projects to include people from, like, the Episcopal Church, the Catholic Church, we got the Protestant Church. Like, it's important to have all the denominations represented when you're doing the Bible translation so that they can provide input because otherwise an entire portion of Christians may reject that translation because, Mm -hmm. oh... You used this specific word for baptism, and that's not how we view baptism theologically. So we don't like this Bible. It's not acceptable to us. Mm -hmm. And so I think certain projects do really require having all of the body of Christ. Yeah. So Jesus Revolution was no different. When they saw that Jonathan was going to be playing Ronnie, uh, contention because ronnie was lonnie lonnie sorry i was thinking <laughs> we don't I, was, know I went names. i went jonathan rumi and then uh, Ro- ronnie yeah so yeah. so yeah uh lonnie um when he was playing that character though people had a problem because lonnie was not catholic yeah and so people were like why didn't you just get a, a guy that looks like him that is the same exact belief system is like well that's not the point of acting is it like acting you can act as people you aren't like especially in the realm so aside from what i do here with podcasting which i do like multiple shows now um i'm a voice actor and i can't tell you the amount of characters that i do not look anything like that i i play i'm i do at one point i played a, a character that is you just got um picked for caspian i'm i'm playing prince caspian in a and... narnia audio drama yeah and it's <laughs> you don't like, necessarily have caspian I, vibes i am like even pu- just going off of the book <laughs> i'm pure white irish i don't have spanish accent it is very much uh north american 
Uh, and I, I do not in any capacity have the intensity that Caspian has in his voice. But when you're doing voice acting, you have to put on the voice. You have to put on the character. You have to visualize yourself as this person in order to properly portray him. And you would be surprised how many characters you may love from your favorite cartoons, animated animations, games, anything like that, where you have a character that's like, uh, I think, probably one of the most fascinating ones um, for those of you, for the men in the audience who played Call of Duty Zombies growing up, uh, we had characters I like... I watched you play Call of Duty Zombies. <laughs> I know what it is. Well, do you remember Nikolai and Takio? Yes. Okay, wow, good job. Well, Nikolai and Takio and... There's like four of them. Yeah, there, there's there's Dempsey, Richthofen, Takio, and Nikolai. Yeah, I couldn't tell you their names off the top of my head, but when you say them, I'm like, oh yeah, the like Russian mm-hmm. one. So uh, Richthofen is the German scientist character, and he's played by Nolan North. Nolan North is more American than I could ever imagine to describe, and Nolan North has also played like 500,000 different characters, and all of them sound different. Um, you could go to... Uh, Nikolai. Nikolai is also similarly not played by a Russian dude. It's just a dude who is really good at putting on a Russian accent and believing that he's Russian. Takio, I think, is actually the only one that is actually Japanese, but I could be wrong about that, but Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain he actually is Japanese. But that was the whole point behind it is like that has influenced how I look at acting is because like acting is not the ability to fit the mold of whatever character it is. The ability, the ability of an actor is to make yourself fit into the mold of whatever character it is that you're playing, because I'm going to just readily assume that Chris Evans is not a super soldier. What? I'm just saying. What? I'm also just going to assume that despite the fact that many people think that he is Chris Hemsworth is not a God. What? You mean he's not Norse? No. And and he's also not that jacked. What? (laughs) I am heartbroken. Uh, Or (laughs) as much as I'm fairly certain that my mother would love to believe Scarlett Johansson is not an assassin spy. She really wants to be an assassin spy in heaven. Like, that's what she wants her job to be when she dies. We're not going to need assassin spy. How do you know that? Have you been in heaven? Have you been? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the whole like no more death, no more sorrow. Maybe among us. Who knows? My my mother, my mother has. um, Oh, gosh. Uh, my mother has this like there's this really fun conversation that we have where we like to theorize like what could happen after, you know. And so uh, my mother is like, "Ooh, what if we what if we have other conflicts or something with. You know, other things. Other planets. Yeah. Interplanetary. <laughs> evangelism. That's the fun sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> th- those are the fun little theories we like to throw around just for entertainment factor. Uh, and it's super entertaining. But she does want to be an assassin. She, she really does. Um, All right, then. I am back and forth on whether or not I want to be a chef, uh, a DJ, or if there's movies in heaven, I would love to make movies and have Jesus cast. Right. As himself. Right. Like, just imagine <laughs> editing for Jesus, a, a heaven remake of Left Behind with the real Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually kind of be fun. Okay, I think we're getting really off topic. Well, that's because we've probably we're been here. off topic the whole time. We actually have technically been on topic the whole time because of the concepts, but uh, yes. that's the most important. Should one. we summarize, perhaps? Well, that's the thing. We're coming near the end. That's why oh, we're kind of we getting are? off topic. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, we're at, we're at fifty minutes in. Wow. I know. Time flies when you're having good conversation. You know? Anyway, so Jesus Revolution. (laughs) Jesus Revolution is one of the most important 
modern Christian films that I think that people could go and watch today, especially Christians. Because as I was sitting there watching it, I can't say what you'll experience. I can't say what God will say to you if he says anything to you at all through the film. But he spoke to me quite a bit through that movie. And I, I can't undersell how important it was for me to go and see it. So if especially if you're a, a comm major who is concerned about whether or not your gifts can be used for the kingdom, this movie is a proof that you absolutely can find ways to use what God has given you mm-hmm. to better the kingdom. Um, don't put actors in the bin that they that you think they need to be in. Actors will act. That's what they do. Jonathan has been doing acting for a very, very long time. This, he didn't just walk on to set at The Chosen and that was his first role. He's been doing this a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and keep in mind that there are actually redemptive factors to it. I think the most important thing to mention is uh, is that the actor for Nicodemus in season one of The Chosen, um, his whole thing was like the whole reason why he wanted to be Nicodemus was because that man's entire life, he felt as if suddenly his work was for nothing and he had this conversion moment and he wanted to do something that was for the kingdom and better so despite the fact that he had been playing all these characters and all this time all these years he'd been playing in these movies and games that were promoting things that i would assume christian christians would not fully support uh he wanted to play nicodemus and he wanted to to use that as a way of proving that he himself can act and can use his talents for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that's an important thing to note. But you have things on your mind. Me? Yes. Yes. Speak. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of like what Austin was just saying, when we went to go see this movie, it was the last day it was in the theater by us. I don't know if it was still showing in other ones, but the entire theater was packed. Which is wild because it was like two was weeks later. wild, especially considering it had been out for several weeks. Mm-hmm. It was a weird show time, to be honest, because we kind of just like wiggled in like before the like late night movie showings. But like after the it was like, like seven ten. Yeah, like it was kind of a little bit of a weird time for going to see a movie. Mm-hmm. There were people who were coming for the next showing that were also like about to fill up the theater. And I'm pretty sure like it's almost guaranteed at least some of them weren't Christian. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of importance it is for media like this to exist that can witness to people who are just like, oh, I want to go see a movie. Oh, there's this jesus thing do you want to go see that like and people don't often make the decisions like that yeah people well because they don't have the opportunity to make a decision like that mm-hmm. a lot of the time because we have the like fast and furious movies and like ad- stuff that like superheroes like we don't make movies about jesus and that's an issue because like maybe people are curious and this would be a really great way for them to learn more about God and mm-hmm. be impacted. It should be noted there was a group of six teenagers. They didn't have their parents. There was no yeah, one else there. Yeah, they just randomly chose um, to do that themselves on a weekend. And they and they were loving it. That was a wild thing. While I was walking out, I was like, they, they looked surprisingly thoughtful and somber. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is... Like, not only is this type of media beneficial for non-believers to, like, actually 
maybe become believers. It's important for believers, too, because like we've kind of been trying to get at, it makes you think about so many things about how you live faithfully, what you do with your life, what you do when you go through hard times. How do you interact with people who are different from you? But maybe... Go ahead. Maybe you're not that different because maybe you're both believers and that is actually a lot in common. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any more thoughts. It, it's a good movie. It, it is. It is a good movie. Uh, I think the, the final closing thought that I would have is that Jesus revolution has exposed the fact that Christians don't like Christians are not experiencing anything new currently. There's always been challenges. There's always been some form of stigma around, you know, how how does your past influence your faith? And the fact that we are co- currently entering into another era, I'd like to think of it as I think that we're coming close to another revolution just because of, I mean, the world is not getting any better right now. Yeah. And people have been saying that for a really long time. Like when we were at Moody, like there were constantly those like all night prayer sessions, mm-hmm. like praying for revival specifically and what we want to see is that eventually that whole city gets hit with one of those yeah so so cool it would be and so i'm i'm movies like this hold out a lot of faith and they offer a lot to a christian viewer and they offer even more to a non-believer so if you have a buddy who might be interested in hearing about personal stories because remember there's nothing more powerful than your own personal testimony if you have someone that's interested there's prayer like god god's Excuse me. <laughs> did your professors not also tell you that the most powerful? And like, what did Doctor Naman say? What did he say? <laughs> uh, he said your testimony is the most powerful tool well, in yeah. your gospel. But that's that's right. I understand what you're saying. Like for witnessing, it's one of the yes. Most that's powerful but that's things. what I'm meaning. Bring your non is also really powerful. <sighs> this chick is is taking what I'm saying and making it seem like that I'm saying that I'm God is no power. His words. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why our marriage is falling apart. It's really not. It's really not. What we'll do you want for dinner it. tonight? I don't know. We haven't. I don't think I said anything out to thaw. So How could you? Because I took a nap after my final. Me too. <laughs> you were still asleep. You never got it out of Listen, bed. Listen, if you, if you sleep long enough, your sleep turns into a nap. Right. I, I slept through the night and through half of the afternoon. I was working very late. <laughs> uh-huh. And our cat was just curled up with you. It was actually kind of cute to come home to. She only ever cuddles with me when I'm asleep and unconscious. Once I wake up, she bolts as if she's. She doesn't want you to know. Me to know. What? I don't like him. What? I just tolerate his presence. (laughs) (laughs) She's a tsundere. Oh gosh. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the comeback episode of Collateral Creatives. We're going to be gone for a little while longer as we work out yeah. things with XN We're gonna Radio. Try and do a bunch of recording over the summer so that we can come back in the fall. I think yes. is the plan. If that doesn't happen, sorry, ignore me. Yes. But uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this today, then you might know, because uh, I'm hoping that this episode goes out early enough, you might know that there's XN Live today. Uh, and XN Live, if you don't know what that is, you're probably not a Moody student, so fair. But if you are a Moody student, XN Live is the student radio ha- hosting a whole live show of all of our most popular shows. The hosts will come out and they'll start hosting a live episode of the show. We actually have an episode like that if you want to look through our yeah, catalog. I believe that was our How to Train yes, Your Dragon. Yes, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, 
it's it's a fantastic event. I would highly recommend you go see it. And I'm not just saying that as someone who helped run it last time. A little bit of bias. Just a little bit of bacon. So thank you so much for listening. And we hope to see you next time when we talk about whatever it is we talk about. Use discernment. Thanks for listening. Bye.